Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast. I'm Connor Rogers alongside DJ Short and Scott Pianowski is joining us as well. And guys, we're going through the catcher position today. Maybe not the flashiest position in fantasy baseball, but despite that, a very, very important one, finding value. Big picture here, DJ. What is your thought on the group this year? I mean, usually it's a dead spot. Sure. Like you mentioned, maybe it's the last thing you fill in a single catcher type of universe. But I think this year is a little bit different. I think there's some names to be excited about. And I also think the future looks very bright for this position. We're going to see some prospects come up this year to make it a little bit deeper and something where you're going to have quality all season long. Absolutely. There is a lot of young talent in the prospect pool at this position, whether they hit that ceiling or not, we will see. But Scott, what about you as you look at this group? What do you have your eyes on at the catcher position in fantasy going into this year? Yeah, I, th- I think a lot's changed with the NL finally adding the DH position. There's just more off. If you're a good offensive player, they'll find a, a way for you to stay in the lineups. A lot of time with catchers, it used to be, oh, can I get a guy to 400 at bats? Now we're looking at, can I find a catcher who has 500 plus at bats? And of course, we love finding a fantasy catcher who may be eligible for the position, doesn't play the position. Some guys fall into that bucket as well. So I agree with DJ. It used to be a really, really dead position. The uh, corollary for your fantasy football players is that catcher is basically the tight end of the fantasy football pool. Mm-hmm. But unlike tight end, where it's like Travis Kelsey or Bust, I actually think you have a bunch. Of, you you can go different routes. You can go vanity catcher. You can go mid range catcher. You can maybe play the position on a budget. I think you have a lot more options this year than you have in past seasons. And we have a lot to get through today with this position. We're going to get into your rankings at the end of the show, the biggest storylines of the offseason, of course, a couple buying, a couple fading from each of you. Before we get to that reminder, every season is draft season. Get your Roto World Draft Guide bundle today and dominate your football, baseball, and basketball drafts packed with profiles, rankings, projections. Order today and get all three Roto World Draft Guides for the price of two. Plus, use promo code BUNDLE5 and save an extra $5 at checkout. Yeah, we got the magazine. An, right an here. absolute beauty here. I know it's going to save my life, and I think you guys are going to help out a lot of people as well, besides the draft guide. The biggest transaction, right, financially with this group is absolutely Wilson Contreras signing the five year, $87.5 million deal with the Cardinals to replace Yadier Molina, who has been there way too long. A guy that has <laughs> broke my heart when I was a young, young Mets fan. That's how long Yadier Molina has been there. DJ, 
Do you think this is a good fit for Contreras with this move? Yeah, I think it's a perfect, uh, as the you know changing of the guard there in St. Louis, to go to a veteran catcher and a veteran lineup as, that we see there with Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado. It kind of makes sense as a fit and also a stable player that you can count on where Molina has had slipped a little bit in the late portion of his career, especially from a fantasy perspective. Contreras comes in there, could fit right in the middle of the lineup, and someone you could bank on fantasy-wise. Scott, what about you? What do you think of Contreras staying in the division and going to the rival Cardinals? Yeah, I love it. Um, very deep lineup right now. He's projected to bat second, which is really the catbird seat. There'll be people on base for him. There'll be people knocking him in. And this is a contract that you know, we'll see. A lot of times when you see these contracts, you think, well, where will the player be at the end of the contract? But I'm not worried about him in the early part of the contract. And also, sometimes it can be a little bit disconcerting when a player changes teams. But sometimes that's a league change or a division change. Wilson Contreras certainly knows all the opponents, all the ballparks, all the opposing pitchers in the National League Central. I think he's going to have a great year in that Cardinals lineup. Two trades here, guys. Dalton Varsho traded to the Blue Jays uh, from the Diamondbacks. Top catcher. Prospect Gabriel Moreno was in this deal, as well as Lourdes Goriel going to Arizona. And then, of course, one that caught a little a couple people by surprise, especially after an all-star season from William Contreras. He's traded to the Brewers from the Braves. Sean Murphy, we know what he could do defensively and offensively, uh, traded to the Braves from the Athletics in a three-team deal, which also brought Manny Pena to Oakland. Which one of the trades stands out to you more on this in this market of catchers? I mean, I thought the Contreras-Murphy trade was super fascinating. Because, sure. I, I mean, you love challenge trades just in baseball in general. But to see these young catchers Who's right, switching right? places, yeah. yeah, that's something that might take a little while for us to really know the answer. But uh, Contreras last season with the Braves was great. But he had to split playing time with Travis Darnot, saw some time out of the DH spot. Now he goes to a hitter-friendly uh ballpark there in Milwaukee so I, I expecting big things there Sean Murphy as well joining that Braves lineup loaded lineup I think he could do some big things also so it might be a win-win Scott do you think both players make out just fine in that deal fantasy wise yeah because you know again the, the Milwaukee Park is is just one of the greatest places to hit in the Atlanta lineup is so deep and you also mentioned the Varsho trade we love catchers who will be catcher eligible, but will play somewhere on the field, else on the field. And it was like Varsho's probably projected to be Toronto's starting left fielder. We know they're moving the fences in. They're making the fences taller, but the move in will actually be a boon for the for the fantasy hitters. I can't draft enough Toronto hitters. Now, granted, the problem with Toronto is they have so many different people who can catch. We'll see if Varsho catches at all. Kirk is obviously there. They still have Jansen, so it's still a little bit of a backlog at the position, but we talked a lot about some of the other positions. What offenses do we want to invest in? And when you're saying things like Atlanta, saying things like Toronto, I, I want to get as many pieces as I can, and that includes their fantasy-eligible catchers. Yep. Two more transactions here in the catcher market. Christian Vasquez signs a three-year, $30 million deal with the Twins. This next one, Omar Narvaez signs with the Mets, which I don't really think a lot of people care about Omar Narvaez in fantasy, but they care about top prospect, prospect Francisco Alvarez and if he can make the club or not out of spring. What do you think this does to that you know, promise of Alvarez having an instant impact? Right. Well, Tomas Nito is still there as well, so we're likely going to see Narvaez and Nito share catching duties. Alvarez go to AAA where he can work on his catching. I think as far as a hitter, he's ready to go right now, but catching probably still has some work to do, so they don't have to rush him onto the opening day roster. Maybe that changes if they don't get production out of the DH spot. The Mets may feel like they have to promote him, but for now, we'll likely have to wait. Scott, we saw Christian Vasquez kind of struggle after being traded from Boston uh, to the Astros as a rental last year. Do you think he bounces back with this long-term security with the Twins? 
I think he's a floor player. I don't think there's a lot of upside. He's on the back nine of his career. I do think it was a nice move for Minnesota. And he's probably a better real life player than he is a fantasy player, but he's somebody who you would take. I would take reactively. If I, I didn't address my second catcher in a two catcher league and the price was right, I could go after him. He won't be a target for me in the middle rounds. All right, guys, let's get into a couple different players that you're buying, that you're fading on. DJ, we'll start with you with the fading route. Who's not? Who do you think is not going to live up to their draft position right now? Well, I have an eye on Alejandro Kirk right now, um, and he's. I think he's still going to be a, a catcher you would draft in a 12-team mixed league, but where he's going not right now, I'm not as comfortable with, and the reason I say that is the way that he finished the season. Just four home runs, a 679 OPS over his final 76 games. The approach was still excellent, made plenty of contact as well, but a lot of that came on the ground. So even with the Blue Jays moving in the fences there, I wonder what the power upside is there. You might be disappointed. All right, on a more positive note, a couple guys you're buying in on. Yeah, so uh, Wilson Contreras, like we said, uh, or William Contreras, like we said, moving to Milwaukee, getting full-time at-bats. I mean, last year he had 374 plate appearances, and that's just it. I mean, maybe he could get closer to 500, and seeing that, maybe 30 home runs in that ballpark. So I'm really excited to see what he could do there. Hits the ball extremely hard, so I definitely believe in the power breakout we saw last year. Scott, is there anybody that DJ mentioned that you're trailing the same thought on, or you're having an entirely different approach when it comes to buying and fading? No, I, I thought Kirk was a good call. Also, Danny Jansen is still there, so there's going to be right. a mix of playing time. Maybe Varsho does pick up some work behind the plate if it comes to it. So I, I'd be concerned a little bit about that logjam. I'm, I'm in on all the Contreras's. Well, you want to go Wilson, you want to go Willem. I think they're both going to be good plays. I also like Tyler Stevenson in Cincinnati. He's going to hit for a plus average, which we generally don't think about with catchers. Usually they're going to drain our batting average. Get a bat cleanup for Cincinnati. They've already talked about him maybe catching 140-plus games this year. So if he stays healthy, pro-rate what he did last year, and you're getting a nice bargain, he might be like the 11th or 12th catcher off the board. I'd be very careful with Cal Raleigh, who had like a Mike Zanino season last year for Seattle. It was just a home run or bust for, for Raleigh. And I'm just afraid he could hit maybe 185, 190, a little bit lucky with the home runs last year. And because he has such a short resume with Seattle, I don't think they're tied to him long-term. If he gets off to a poor start, I could see them going a different route. I could see them making a trade outside the organization. They made the playoffs last year. They fancy themselves a contender going forward for the next few seasons. I think he's got a short leash and a lot of batting average risk. Not going to draft Raleigh in 2023. Let's take a look at a difference here, guys. A couple of players that are really off the board, younger players that you throw a late-round dart on. Of course, we have Kiebert Ruiz, who's sitting at – uh, pick 183.29 average draft position. Logan O'Hoppy on the Angels. Shea Langoliers on the Athletics at 25 years old. Gabriel Moreno on the Diamondbacks as well. Does anybody intrigue you from that list, DJ? Uh, Logan O'Hoppy, for sure. I, I mentioned challenge trades earlier. That's what happened between the Phillies and the Angels last year. Brandon Marsh going to the Phillies. O'Hoppy going to the Angels. Uh, posted 17 homers and a 789 OPS over 104 games in the minors in 2021. Was even better last Last year, 26 home runs, 961 OPS over just 104 games in the minors last year. Got a quick little cameo with the Angels down the stretch last year. Should see at least a share of the playing time behind the plate this season for the Angels. I like the power. I like the patience. Uh, 74 strikeouts against just 70 walks in the minors last season. I think he could be a breakout guy in 12-team leagues. Scott, what about you when you look at this list? Anybody that you throw a late dart on? Yeah, Ruiz is interesting. He's going to back cleanup in Washington, which is like a good news, bad news thing. I mean, you like your catchers hitting cleanup. That may be one of the weakest lineups in the baseball. I think it's the worst team in baseball right now. But in his mid-20s, 
could hit for a plus average. I think he's eventually going to have 15 to 20 home run power, and there's nobody battling him for playing time. So he should get 450 or 500 at bats. I want to invest in good offenses. Washington is not that, but the price on Ruiz early on, he's outside the top 12 in ADP. I think he's set up to be a profit player this year. I like Ruiz a lot too. He struck out just 11.5% of the time last season. Uh, despite hitting 251, his expected batting average was 277. So you could see him take take a leap this year for sure. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is they just got to get runners on in front of yes. him at some point. <laughs> but the value is there, like you yeah. guys said. All right, finally, maybe a couple of players that we don't think will either make the team out of spring training or necessarily have a gigantic role, but everybody's looking at stash options down the stretch. We brought up Francisco Alvarez with the Mets. He's been a top 25 prospect in all of baseball for a little bit now. Bo Naylor on the Guardians yep. and Andy Rodriguez on the Pirates, DJ. A lot of promise in this yeah. group. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about them. And Andy Rodriguez, former Mets prospect yes. as well. It's pretty amazing. They have two. Of the, yes. They once had two of the top uh, catching prospects in the game. Uh, Rodriguez, 23 years old, just mashed last year. Hit two, hit 323, 25 home runs. 996 OPS in the minors last season. Likely going to start the season in the minors, as we know. Austin Hedges is there uh, with the Pirates. Tyler Heineman as well. So probably not going to be a rush, but he's a player we could see by midseason. I think he could be useful in mixed leagues from the start. Scott, is there anybody out of this group that you're stashing or at least keeping an eye on on the free agent list? Yeah, Alvarez is, it, once the Mets have playing time for him, even if it ends up being a DH, he's the guy I'd be interested in. Catcher is unlike every other position because it's so defensive driven and teams don't want to overload catchers. That's not like another position where if you have like a hot shot shortstop come up, he's going to play every day. If you have a catcher prospect come up, he may play three or four days a week. He may play two days a week. You know, they don't want to overload him. It's a defense first position. So you don't get as much juiciness with the prospects here as you do uh, otherwise. But Alvarez, I wonder if Alvarez eventually is going to move off the catcher position. We'll see if his defense is good enough to stick there. Of course, for fantasy purposes, we certainly want the catcher eligibility. But if the Mets had anything happen to Vogelback, if they had a DH opening and he had a regular job, man, he'd be somebody I'd be opening up the fab for. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of eyes on Alvarez, especially a win-now team that doesn't have a guy locked into the DH yep. spot. It might just be a necessity at some point. All right, one reminder here. Download the Roto World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. As promised, catcher rankings, DJ and Scott both have top 12s. DJ, we'll start with you. We're not going to give away the top five. We're not going one and on our way down. Let's go 12 all the way down to six here, DJ. So number 12, I have Cal Raleigh, uh, and Scott went over reasons to be concerned, but the power is legit. His quality of contact is top tier. I think he could hit 30 home runs there uh, this season. So I have to put him at number 12 just for that power upside. 11, I have Tyler Stevenson on the red. Scott went over his case as well. He was hurt a lot last year, but what he did was really impressive. And, of course, you love that home ballpark as well. Sean Murphy I have at number 10 after the trade. We went over him as well. Uh, number 9, I have William Contreras after the trade to the Brewers. Uh, number 8, I have Wilson Contreras going to St. Louis. Number 7, I have my fade, Alejandro Kirk. I still like him a lot, but probably wouldn't get him in his ADP. Number 6, MJ Melendez with the Royals. Should be the leadoff hitter for the Royals this season. And I think the top part of that lineup is going to be pretty good this season. Should get some runs scored, some power. So I'm a fan of what he could do. Uh, so that is my 12 through 6. Scott, how do your rankings shape up, and where do you differ from DJ going all the way from 12 down to 6? Yeah, I think we have the same players. I also had Rally at, at 12. Melendez is my 11 guy, and I think the depth of the Kansas City lineup concerns me, but if he does keep that leadoff spot into the front of the season, maybe I move him up. Tyler Stevenson, 10. Anything in that Cincinnati ballpark looks good to me, and you prorate what he did last year over a full season. You'll be very happy. Willem Contreras is my number nine guy. Have a day hitting in that Milwaukee ballpark, which we know favors power. Alejandro Kirk at eight. Toronto, just a log jam of catchers there. He's maybe the one guy who I'm not paying the sticker for in ADP of a lineup I want to invest. I do like Sean Murphy. It sounds like more than DJ. He's my number seven guy. Want to make investments in the Atlanta lineup. And also, I just think he's in a really good age pocket where we haven't seen his best season yet. Wilson Contreras, probably about number two for Cardinals. I think it's a great move. Again, he's not changing divisions, so I'm not so much worried about him in a new city or a new uniform. Sometimes that's a concern when players change teams, but he knows the real estate well. I think you'll do well if you land Wilson Contreras at his current ADP. Let's get into what everyone's been waiting for. Of course, the top fives. DJ, we're going to start for you, and I'm really curious how you guys differ with this group, because this is going to be the group where you're actually making somewhat of an investment in the yeah. catcher position. So with Salvador Perez, of course, coming off that monster power season, a bit of a disappointment last year, but some of that was playing through a, a nagging thumb injury that he shouldn't have played through. Uh, missed a lot of time. When he came back, he was a, a bit more like what we expected going into the season. I have him at, I have him at number five here, but I'm still a big fan. Adley Rushman got off to a slow start after his promotion last season, but then hit about 280 with a 400 on base percentage over his final 70 games or so. The ballpark isn't what it once was, but I'm still a huge fan of Rushman. I think he can hit for average and a decent amount of power as well. I have Dalton Varsho number three after the trade, and I'm a fan of him as well. I think there's some batting average risk there that I'm a little bit worried about, but some speed, some pop, uh, I'm a big fan of him as well. Will Smith, I have second here, hitting in the middle of the Dodgers lineup. It's not the lineup that maybe it's been in the past couple of seasons, but I still think that's a great place to be. Hitting behind Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, that is a great spot. Also could see some time out of the DH spot when he gets some days off. And the same goes with JT Romuto, who was just across the board awesome last year. Probably his best season. Uh, stole 20-plus bases as well. You can't really poke holes in anything that he does. 
And again, I, I think he could see some at-bats out of the DH spot at first base. The Phillies will find a way to get him a ton of at-bats, especially as they're going to be missing Bryce Harper for the first half of the season. Scott, where does your top five stack up when you see DJs? Yeah, we, we have the same five names, and we have very few differences. I have Rutschman at five and Perez at four, which was a flip-flop of DJ's ranks. I think Rutschman is the player we were told Matt Wieters was going to be, just yeah. a superstar right out of the box. A little bit of a buzzkill because Baltimore has changed their – ballpark configuration in recent years they want to be a pitching and defense team but Rutschman is just too good for any park my number five Perez you know catchers in the 30s you get a little bit nervous when does the cliff season come but he did lead the league in home runs two years ago I mean just a monster season for a catcher and I still think he's a very safe bet for 30 home runs Dalton Varsho will get most of his playing time as an outfielder you love somebody catcher eligible who isn't burdened by the position and great buoyancy in that Toronto lineup so he's my number three catcher and buoyancy is what you get with Will Smith. I mean, DJ mentioned all the great hitters around him in that lineup, and I even think some of the guys hitting after Will Smith are interesting picks as well. I think we're finally going to see a season out of Gavin Lux that's fantasy friendly. I'd be happy to draft Will Smith. The problem with JT Real Muto, if there is a problem, he's the number one catcher. Everybody knows it. Are you willing to be the first team to play a, to take a catcher? Yeah. Are you willing to take a hit? Maybe you you don't have a bona fide closer. You don't have a bona fide number one starter. Those are the types of things you give up when you draft Real Muto. But if everybody was priced the same, you could take anybody you want. Everybody would rank this guy first. He could run. He can hit for average. Obviously, the Philadelphia lineup is very deep. The park is friendly. So it's it's not a question of Real Muto being productive. I, I just not generally the person who takes the first catcher off the board looking at his current ADP he's going to be a top 30 pick in a lot of leagues a little bit too pricey for me I still expect him to be the yellow jersey guy at the end of the season you know something we should add on Real Muto with stolen bases expected to be a bit more prominent this season you might not have to reach for Real Muto there because in the past you'd be like I need to get speed wherever I can uh, to kind of put me over the edge this year, that might not be the case. So let's close with that. Something you touched on then, Scott. And DJ, we'll start with you. Draft strategy at catcher, right? We see these rankings. We see the top 12. When you look at tiers, how do you attack this group? Because like you said, you're, you're looking for a competent option in this group. Right. You don't be the first one to set the trend of the run. Do you wait for the run to start? Do you wait for the real Mutos and Will Smiths to come off the board? Do you double up? Do you say, I'll take two later round options and just hope somebody hits? How do you handle right. this? Right. I think it depends on the construction of your roster up until that point. Probably with real Muto, you'll see him go out in the third or fourth round in a deeper mixed league, and that you'll have to make your decision at that point. And Real Muto is well-rounded enough where early on, if let's say you picked sluggers who don't run, maybe you want to start to add some speed to your roster. So Real Muto makes sense at that point. If you already got like a Trey Turner, then you're like, I don't need Real Muto at this point. Scott, what about you as you look at the draft strategy overall here? Is there a certain way you play this or does it go back to what DJ said? It just depends on your roster and where you're willing to spend more of a premium asset. Yeah, I'm probably going to play more of the value game. My goal is, can I find an everyday catcher? Like I'm thinking like a 500 at bat catcher, which is something we didn't even think we could get a few years ago. But with the DH now, with a good hitting catcher, might stay in the lineup on the days he's not playing defensively. Can I get one at an affordable price? That's where I'm looking at maybe a Tyler Stevenson, maybe a Willem Contreras. I'd like to get somebody who could be a top five catcher who doesn't command a top five catcher ADP, especially in a start one league. Now, in a start two league, you might need to be more proactive because, again, you don't want to end up with one of those guys who's playing two or three times a week. I'd like to have set it and forget it catcher. So I'm, I'm playing the value game. Who in the back half of that top 12 do I think can crash the top five party? That's why I had Tyler Stevenson circled on my board. 
That wraps up the catcher positional preview. To never miss a positional preview on the Circling the Bases podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your shows. Of course, you could watch right here on YouTube as well or anywhere on NBC Sports Edge. That being said, up for Connor Rogers, DJ Short, Scott Pianowski. We'll talk to you soon. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.